excited to finally see your beautiful face and have a one-on-one conversation with you right now. I know. I'm so excited. I'm just happy. Like the moment we you came on, I was like <gasps> lit up, so excited to be here and have a conversation with you. <laughs> I feel like a kid. I, I feel like a kid because it's so funny. My husband's like, who are you talking to? I'm like, I'm talking to Derek. And he's like, wait, the guy from the room that you talk to every single night with the soothing voice who talks to angels? I'm like, "Eh, yeah, that's exactly (laughs) the one that I'm talking about right now. Thank you very much. So this is such a treat because, you know, I've had a few people on um, emotional support who I met on Clubhouse on this fantastic app that I say every time I should be sponsored from at this point. And I should be like making so much money from them because all I do is talk about how incredible it is. And I made these bonds and created this family with people. Um, but I mean, it's, it's just, it's wild. The amount that I learn about certain people who I've been sharing these rooms with and sharing space with that I haven't even told some of my best friends about like some of the things that I share and I don't plan on sharing things And then I'll be inspired hearing someone else's story. And I think that that happens. um, It happens more often than not. And I think that that's why people feel so connected to you, especially because you are such an open being and you just exude such, um, such trust and such calmness. And if someone's nervous, you're the first one to jump in and just put everyone at ease. Have you always had this talent? Um, I think it's just something that's been built in with me. Um, and I think my life experience has allowed me to have an open, compassionate heart. Um, but at one point being young, it was shut down. Like I couldn't communicate at all to people. So if I couldn't communicate to people, I wasn't very open to others. So that was a process of doing that and entertainment really helped that process. But I think innately I was that open being I had just learned at an early age to shut it down and protect it, you know? Right, right. And I think that that happens so much, right? They they always talk about the crystal children and children who were so open and have this, this, um, this psychic angelic energy to them and they've been taught by society to just push it down, push it down, push it down. It's not real. You're crazy. You know, I, I, my mother was a firm believer. She's like, my daughter doesn't have imaginary friends. These are real people that are coming to her from the past. Like, okay, you guys can laugh all you want. Her silly old man friend, but like, let's be honest. Come on. Where is she coming up with this stuff? And what's so interesting, you said something in a room and I was like, what? Um, actually, I do believe it was Britt Brunson's space movement, uh, peer-to-peer support Zoom that we do, um, where we were talking about Egypt. And I heard you mention this. And I never, ever, ever spoke about this before. But I used to tell, um, well, let me pause. My mother, uh, her um, cousin, my cousin, used to tell everyone when she was five, between three to five, she came from Egypt. And she said, I came to Egypt from Egypt with Marsha, who's my mom. 10 years later, I'm born. And I would tell everyone that I came from Egypt for years with Mariah and my mom. And I have had this so, um, like a sick obsession with everything Egypt. And I used to make my mother take me to every museum, to every place that I possibly could. And I would remember being a child and like crying and feeling so overwhelmed. Um, 
for no idea, like no idea why I was obsessed and I felt like a sense of home. So I wanted you to know on this interview, I was going to wait when you said Egypt, that that's where your past life is from. I'm like, God, it all makes sense. Like it just makes sense why we have this connection. I'm like, there's that past life shift. Like, here we go again. Like this is happening. Did you feel this as a child too? Yeah. Um, so first, before I say answer that, I want you to know that as you were speaking, so spirit will put energy through my body from my crown back here down the backside of my body. So as you were speaking some of that stuff, they were saying yes and confirming what you were saying about your connections and your mom and all that stuff. So that was like a message for you that was confirming <gasps> oh my- everything that you were Chills. saying. Oh See, my God. so that's them saying to you that that you're like, and it's good because the more you can like trust that and you know what you're doing here and why oh, I'm getting huge waves through my body for that. Ooh, the ooh. more you can trust those things. Yeah. See, you feel it too. It's a, it's so magical, but you, the more you can trust that and be like, no, I'm here from ancient times where I'm bringing in that frequency of the time, that beautiful time that was created. Um, you know, most people think of Egypt and they think of like slaves. Oh, 11, 11. Sorry. I was all Ooh, the magic. The, yeah, it's eleven eleven right now. I happen to see that on my click. So people think about like the Ten Commandments and they think about things like that, but they don't really know the real true history of ancient Egypt and how mystical and magical it was and how a lot of the ancient mysteries, uh, the schools are birthed out of ancient Egypt. So we... Our souls come from that ancient time and we're here bringing in that new stuff now, which is why we're in front of people or we're talking to people, having conversations. And that's really important for you to realize because of what your power is and what you're here to bring and to help people with and to carry them through. Um, So it's amazing. And yes, I too, when I was a kid, I was so drawn to ancient Egyptian stuff that it was called the Egypt stories or like it was some book in elementary school or junior high. And it was like the Egypt, the Egypt group or I think it was in eighth grade. Yes, it was like an eighth grade book. I remember this. <laughs> oh, my God. I would read it and then I would create my room to be ancient Egyptian. I'd be like, how can I make a pyramid? Like put a sheet up and tack it, tack up a sheet, tack it that way. And like I would do the whole thing and then go to the Egyptian museum in San Jose at the Rosicrucian park and get like anything you could buy in the store, go walking through the tomb every time, even though you've been there because it felt so comfortable. Doesn't matter. You could do it a million times. Yep. Doesn't matter. Yeah. We needed to be in there as part of our soul. No, it's so wild. Yeah. And that's exactly how I felt. And I was in Berlin. Um, randomly, my husband had uh, a company out there and we, we had gone out and I was so bored and I didn't know what to do. And I just immersed myself in museums and I, or I believe it was Berlin. I don't know. We've been everywhere, but I do remember, um, the bust of Queen Nefertiti was there. And I remember seeing all these people and I was like, what's going on? What's all, you know, what's this line? And I just started like bawling because I was just so moved. And it was the weirdest thing because I felt like I'd seen it before. And it was something like I could cry now thinking about it. It felt like it was something that I'd already seen so many times. And like I was drawn to it where I was like, oh, my God, I'm it's here again. Like how bizarre. And I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, it's way smaller than I remembered. 
that's what was going on in my mind, which was just the most bizarre thing. I think it was Berlin. Watch me like make this whole thing up that it was somewhere else. But yes, but I just remember being so overwhelmed and just being laughing to myself how small it was. And it was just this bizarre thing. And and anyway, so that it's just a weird connection that we have. We also have this connection from being from the Bay Area. Um, and, you know, that's so strange. But I got to quickly ask, I don't know anything about your past. I just feel like I know you in the present and your future. How does Derek Jameson come here right now? How does this, how does this magic create itself? Um, so I was very shut down when I was a kid. You've heard me talk a little bit about bullying and I bring that into the mental health spaces because I want people to understand to make that connection because they see what they see right now and they'll see what they see right now, Alessandra, and they don't understand the journey that it took. They just see someone that is just doing it. And so it's, I think it is important that we go back and we talk a little bit about that. I don't dig into it, but I do say I was heavily bullied and I'm talking from elementary school, fifth grade. I started being called a girl. That's how it started. And then all my friend and then junior high just went downhill from there. Um, and then in high school, I was made fun of, followed home, blah, 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 blah. But in my freshman year of high school is when I started playing music. And I saw Tori Amos on an MTV Unplugged performance. And the moment I saw it, I was like, that's what I'm supposed to do. I have to do that. And so from there on, I started playing the piano, writing, and just and singing. And at the same time, I was asked to be a performer at Great America, the theme park. Which was my favorite theme park growing up. <laughs> yep. And and so I, I was like, okay, you know what? That sounds terrifying to go be a character and put myself out there. And I said, yes, let's do it. I auditioned. I was a character for a while. And then I was auditioning to be in the show's on stage. So now I was, and I was bullied. I was made fun of. I didn't have self-confidence, but I, something pushed me over the edge to be front stage and center and perform to like work through that fear because of what I would need to do later on. So it was a process. Great America really helped me to be able to, to push myself and my boundaries and my self-worth because of being bullied, you think that you're worthless. You think that you're, you know, a piece of crap and nobody likes you. So along with mm -hmm. that process became, along with that process was stuff dealing with sexual trauma, because when you don't like yourself and then anybody shows you affection, you kind of go, oh, look, love, somebody's showing me affection. And then that led to me allowing people to take advantage of me in different ways. And that kind of spanned over a long time. So through that process of like dimming that light, I had to learn how to reclaim that light, you know? Um, and there's a lot of pieces to this whole puzzle. So I don't, I obviously we can't get into all of that, but throughout that time, I also was able to go to a metaphysical bookstore that was around the corner from my house. And it just happened to be right there on the corner in where my family lives in like San Jose. And so it was like one little corner shop and I would go in there and that's where I really, I saw angel books and crystals and it was so small. But the lady there, when I was in junior high, taught me about shadow, the shadows and how we create 
our dark spirits and how we create the shadows. And she told me how she got it to go away in junior high. I got this. So she told me about how she created this shadow and she faced it. And that's what made it disappear because she took it in. So all of the stuff that I talk about now is stuff that <gasps> I've kind of knew very early on. But as I was doing tarot card readings at Great America, I got super scared and I shut it off because I was basically like haunted by lower, lower entities, lower beings. And I shut it off because I was so scared. So needless to say, that whole process happens. You know, it's a very long story, book worthy. And I started to reclaim those things and take my power back within it. I became a personal trainer um, because I wanted to help people get strong and realize they have power within them. Um, and at the same time, I was doing the, this, the coaching stuff intertwined with that. Uh, I've been to Egypt twice, just talking about Egypt. I've been to Egypt twice. Um, I was in Egypt on 9-11, actually. So when 9-11 happened, I was by myself with a yeah with a tour group that I just signed up for, and I was at a temple on the Shut Nile River. Up. Yeah, <gasps> yeah, I was at a temple on the Nile River wow. on a cruise, and we got off the cruise, and we went and um, and I'm sitting there in this at the temple of Sobek, and we got a text message about that one plane had, and then all of a sudden we got a next text message <gasps> that said a second plane. I was 19 years old, so I was just like. Well, this is fun. Um, so that started a whole process. You're like, of so I'm here in Egypt. Yeah, I'm on the, in the on the Nile. Um, I like to pretend it's a booze cruise. I know it wasn't a booze cruise, but that's like I want to pretend that it was. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. And now the world is falling apart. And so, where do I go from here? Yeah. I'll go back to um, I'll go back to the pyramids. I'll just yeah. stay here. Like, oh my. Yeah, gosh, it was it was wild. Trip. Mm -hmm. So that whole process, though, was a real awakening time because I know that past life stuff that we go through is all interconnected. So me being there at that particular age was starting a whole new cycle. And I even met someone that is from a past life that was a very toxic relationship for very long. And I realized it was past life related. And eight years later, I finally like severed that. Anyhow, taking power back, doing music, doing live shows, getting into yeah. entertainment. I was a casting director here, you know, a casting assistant with my friend's company, coaching classes, being in things, basically infusing this light wherever I can. But then I finally woke up and I was teaching a class for a group fitness class on Melrose and my body shut off. Like in the middle of teaching the class, my body shut off and it just said, this isn't where you're supposed to be anymore. It's time to do what you're what you came here to do. And I basically was pushed into the whole thing. And then everything that I would see here was all spiritual information. I, they were my beings were just waiting for me to say I was ready. I'm ready to do it because they can't help you and wow. assist you unless you say you're ready. And then from there, it's just been literally every day, wild, 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 wild experiences every day. And so do people come up to you all the time or I not, sorry, not people come up to you. Do you go up to people, um, with messages a lot? Did you, when you first started doing that, were you very nervous almost and overwhelmed that people would be like your cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs kind of a situation or. Well, I think I got over the the fact that people would think I was crazy like a long time ago because I was made fun of as a kid. So I grew up with people making fun of me doing music I, especially i was doing music performing in clubs in west 
West Hollywood. I did a tour in China. I was playing music all over, but people were writing a lot of crap about me. You know what it's like when people are writing a bunch of Oh, yep. You know it. <laughs> Honey, I know it all so well. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I was, I'm used to it. And at this point, I, I, when you step into your true power and purpose, all of that stuff rolls off your back because you're standing in your light. So I knew that if I start saying, oh yeah, there's angels that connect with me, archangels and spirit energies and all of these things, that it might sound a bit crazy because people knew me as one thing. But when you're standing in your purpose and your power, all that stuff is like, no, I know what we're here for. I know what I'm here for. And then you attract all of the people that are on that same vibration like you. By me stepping into that power, look, we're having mm -hmm. this conversation right now. So I didn't worry about it that much. Um, Absolutely. And, and with my family, you know, it took a minute to kind of finesse, but they know that there's stuff that goes on with me and I can have open conversations now with them about these things. So, wow. And then do you do a lot of readings with people? Because I feel what you do is um, with the angel energy, I feel like it's very different than I know it's, it's psychic energy and all this stuff, but it's less like here's my crystal ball. And trust me, I go to all the crystal ball people. So you are in the right place. But what you do, I think is quite different. And I would love for you to clarify what you do. So people are aware, um, that they don't just put this, this whole category in a box almost and go, Oh, well it's psychic. Boom. That's it. No, right. no, no. Yours is angelic energy. It's psychic energy. How would you explain that to the normal um, everyday person that's never been experiencing um, that type of healing and energy? Well, I think that it's important to know that we're, first of all, very all special and significant. Mm -hmm. Everyone's unique. So they come in with a special skill set and power. And so what happens is there's different people and you have all these different abilities. So what I do is going to be different than the next person that different than the next person. Now there are mediums who are picking up on information from, you know, they're picking up the spirit and I could say I'm a medium too, but I, even though I have ancestors and spirit beings that work with me like that, I'm connected to angelic frequencies and consciousness, um, collective consciousness. It's mm -hmm. like, if you want to think about it, people, far in the future, if you want to think about it like that, it's where we start merging from individuality into collectives and our energy starts moving and it's more of that framework. And so I work with these beings and it's not something, it's just something that happened and that I knew I was supposed to do. So I can't, I don't sit with somebody and go, your grandma Jane is coming through with a, a purple hat. And what does that mean? You know, it's more like you have to present me with the opportunity to like an open door. And when the open doors ask, I act like an Oracle. So spirit will connect and bring the right. information and it'll sit here at the front of me. And I'll, even in clubhouse, I'll sit there and I'll be like, I'll just sit there and I'm like, no, I'm not gonna. And then it's like, it keeps pushing at it. And that's when you, that's when I unmike. Yeah. And then you'll hear what you hear because it's actually a spiritual download from higher dimensional beings for the person, which is why when you hear it, you, I've heard you comment on it. You're just like, whatever it comes out is just, it's because I'm not thinking. I don't actually think it just yeah. actually, it's a transmission for that person. But 
but when you hear it you it's also for everybody else to hear it's also for everyone mm. so it's about information that everyone can take but you have to ask me the question and that's when the door gets open i'm not going to just start saying stuff to you oh you this is the la la you have to open the door. What's the most wild um, thing that spirit has ever uh, said to you that you were kind of like, all right, so how do I get this across to somebody and what do I do? <laughs> like, how do I even proceed with this one? Well, normally when I'm sitting with a person, we're already tuned up into a place that they can receive information. And when we tune up, because if you sit with me, we're already tuning up into higher frequencies that you're ready for whatever comes through. Um, and so it's never anything that's going to push people out of their comfort zone. It's whatever they're ready for. Mm -hmm. And that's what channeling is. It's bringing forward information that's going to resonate with a person. Um, and, and so I don't really get anything that's going to, I don't think it's again, a channel. I don't get a message and then I go, well, I don't know if I should say that, but if it's in the room and I get a few words, all I'm given is a few words. Like mm -hmm. Derek, you're going to start with wow. this concept and they have the little concept. So when you hear me on mic, I don't know what's going to happen. I just start speaking the concept with that first word I'm given. And then I channel the rest of the message, which is why you hear it. Sometimes you'll hear it go like this and get stronger and escalate. And then the energy just keeps going. So it's a little bit different for me. But when I've done past life regression work, some stuff does come through that's very heavy um, and wild for the person, but they're the ones that are bringing the information through. And that's my whole purpose. I don't want you to ever think that I have all your answers. I teach everybody else that you have the answers and I'm going to show how you do that. I'm going to show that you have power. I'm going to show that you can access all your past lives. I'm going to show you that you're magic and that you're psychic. Um, and I never want to be the one that you feel dependent on, you know? So I'm always like, if you ask me a question, I'm like, right. well, what do you think about it? And I'm, and they're like, I don't know. And I go, no, no. If you could strip everything off the table, what's your first thought? And they're like this. And I go, that's the answer. So it's all about that. Right, right, right. Because it's all inside, right? Yeah. And when you do the past life regression, um, you do the meditation and I was so bummed that I couldn't miss, that I had to miss it. You were you were doing a wonderful one for, for the full moon. And I was so upset because I was in the car on my way to dinner with family. And I was like, oh, what is this <laughs> happening right now? Like, this is so frustrating. Um, but were there moments where people go back in, in, um, during this meditation and they go back and they, you know, I don't know if you speak to your, your past self or you see visions. I don't know how exactly it happens because I've never done it before actually, um, which is shocking. I've been told by many people about past lives and I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. This makes sense. That makes sense. Like everything would make sense. Um, but do people get so overwhelmed where they're like, no, I can't even believe that this is real right now. Um, so with, so there's a past life meditation, there's a past life regression. The meditation is what you're talking about, which is a lighter version where mm -hmm. people did have, there's people that have never seen it, never had a vision. And in that, that meditation the other night for the full moon, they were actually seeing visions for the first time and beings and places and things. Yeah. For the first time, that's why I, it, it takes trust and openness 
And I just created a space where it was good people that people could have that experience. So that's going to be a little bit different. And if it's your first time, sure, you're going to judge it a little bit. But my whole goal is don't judge or analyze your experience. Trust and allow whatever you get, because whatever that is wants to teach you something. But in a regression, that's a very, it's a much longer process. I have a few of those this week, and that'll, those will probably take about five hours or six hours with a person. And it's in segments. So we'll do a first part, which is about your, their, their life. Um, and then we'll do the actual meditation, which is pretty deep. So I get them to a deep state of trance where we get, like we would get Alessandra out of the way and we would tune into your higher being and your over soul. And we would get your 3D version out of the way. So when we do that, there's visions and things that come forward for you, but you're deep in a state of relaxation. So you're letting that information come forward. Sometimes it's very funny right. and light. Sometimes it can be very heavy, but whatever it is, is what you need to see because that's where that's what's going on in your life. Another life that you live resonates with the things that you're experiencing in this one. So you might see something very heavy, but it's to heal you or to clear things and to let go of those. But you also might get something that's very activating. So you might not need to see that. You might actually have to have a mystical experience that activates your power in this lifetime or meet guides or meet a passed on loved one that comes through and uses your openness to connect. There was one guy that's coming to mind um, he's a, he was a trainer here. He just left the state, but he had, um, unhealed trauma with his father and the father had passed away. And then in the regression, he, all of it, and I can always tell because I'm kind of tuned into what's going on and I've done so many that I understand what's happening. He went of into course. like this other yeah. middle dimension, this like astral dimension. And the father was with him in the dimension. And he got to heal that. But when he started talking about it, he reverted back to like the five-year-old version of him. And he started acting. He's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And I was listening like. Wild. And he's like, my dad's over there. And I was like, what happens if you don't go over and hug him? He's like, then I'm going to feel bad. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wish I did. And I was like, so what do you want to do? Like, I don't tell you what to do. It has to be all you. I just go, I ask open-ended questions. No, it's just guided. You're so, yeah. yeah. And you you make, you know, open suggestions. Like you don't have to do this, but do you, you, you just guide, you're a guider. You know what right. I mean? That's what, that's what you do. Wow. So he yeah, must've just felt so much closure and happiness and, and just um, almost feeling settled and, and secure in, in that thought process. Yeah. Wow. That is just unbelievable. And do you do the, the past life regression as private sessions? Do you do it in groups? It must be hard to do it in groups though, right? It's private and you won't, if you do it with somebody home or somebody around or a group, you won't get to that really open, deep state that allows you to make that connection. Cause there's another part to it at the end that I don't tell people that even takes it onto another plane. So that's why it is a longer process. And, and the regression is very personal one-on-one. -on -one. You want to do that one-on-one. -on -one. So like I'm going to someone's house tomorrow to, to do that for her. Um, and then I have someone coming here after that to do one for them. Very private. But the meditation is fun because sometimes the group, they come together because they have group past lives. So 
in the group past lives, you, if we were doing it with 10 people, you might be one character in a life and then someone else will be the other character and so on and so forth. It's happened three times now, multiple past lives, people meeting together. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, <gasps> it's wild. They're like, they'll go, Oh my God. How many past lives do you think that, that you've had? Like just infinite amount. You can just, you just recall them all. And every time you get there, you're like, Oh my God, yes, this happened because I'm a firm believer in multiple. I'm a firm believer in the relationships that you, you get, whether they're friendships or they're, they're, you know, um, intimate relationships or whatnot. It's all past life. And I remember that, that Sturgeon said to me like the first, like second night or we met or something. And he's like, God, we've had a lot of lives together. And this is just like, it's really fun, but it's exhausting. <laughs> and it, and it's so true because I think that I, I had to learn so much in past lives with other relationships and use that for the closure of this one and get over the, the mental abuse and all that, that I had been through. And I had allowed so often to finally be ready for this positive relationship. Um, and it's just, I know that people look at me all the time and they're like, oh, you're crazy. You know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am great. I'll take it. I don't care yeah. what you call me. I feel fucking amazing. And yes. So cool. Yes. Like, dude, if you want to think I'm crazy, you're caught up in all the drama and all the stuff, dude, you go do your thing. Because I wake up every day with the sun beaming into my room and so thankful that I get to fulfill my purpose and lit up and I get to have conversations like this with people like you. Like, Absolutely. are you kidding me? I would not give it up for a thing because I am here. No. I just wouldn't. I'm attracting my soul tribe because I'm being authentic and I've let go and put down all that stuff that I agreed to and agree all like I say you hear me yeah. things are agreements and we make new agreements and in the moment we like break old contracts we make new agreements with our true self and that's where our power lies and yes we do have a lot of past lives everyone has all kinds of lives but you're only going to see so many that actually vibrate with where you're at or else it'd be overwhelming for people and people are just thinking about this linear experience this isn't the only place that everybody's from, the earth. So think about how many lives you could live on earth and then beyond that. So it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And that's why you don't want to be too overwhelmed with it. And when we do meet other souls, we're like, oh yeah, we have past life. So you definitely have past life connections with your mom and your family and your husband, you know, and your dog is a little an angel, literally a little angelic that has come in to support your journey. Yeah. And, and that I know that because after my dogs have passed, he's my ex-husband. Oh, really? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, I know it. I know he's my ex-husband. He's an asshole. We like are sickly obsessed with each other and we can't do anything without each other, but he just pisses me off. And he just, he just is just, just a pain in the ass. And he is just, oh, he's, I, he is totally he is totally my ex-husband. I know that that's just the craziest thing to say. <laughs> no, I love it. And I, hey, I believe those things. I, be I believe that. We get our, I believe that. There's just a lot of reason why, reasons why I believe that. And what would you say to someone? I, I totally, wait, I totally stopped you what you were saying. What were you saying? I totally just. 
Oh, just pa just that we have multiple past lives and that we're all connected and that we're here reconnecting to do certain work together um, and to re And in different this. dimensions. And in different dimensions. And that's why when you say, when you heard the Egypt thing, it was the code that unlocked the connection. We're like, oh, so our past life connection goes back to ancient Egypt. And now we're here again in yeah. this dimension and in this time frame to do this work, to bring in those frequencies of mysticism and love and healing that we had in that lifetime. And we're bringing it back regardless of whatever everybody thinks. And we're reconnecting because we made a decision to be here at the same time. And that's how significant right. it is. Right. It is so right. significant. And when it comes to it's animals, so significant. yeah. And when it comes to animals, um, I like to say this because this helps a lot of people. And I want to put this in here is that because pilot, my last dog, because he helped me fully wake up into my purpose and was there to ground me when stuff was happening and angels and beings were coming into the room. He also that now that he's passed his energy is still here. So his energy basically integrated with mine, activated me on other levels, and his spirit is still involved with the experience. And he shows me every day that he his energy, which is not male or female anymore, but just an energy, is here. And when people have their animals pass, always keep your eyes open and keep your heart open because they're actually oh. communicating with you nonstop if you are willing to be open to see it because they want to support you. You literally helped their soul ascend and evolve so that they could have their soul journey too. You did that. So it's important that you see that they're not going to ditch you. Do you want to hear a wild story? My mom, so we were obsessed. I'm obsessed with Italian greyhounds, obviously because of Egypt. Um, so we had an Italian greyhound and his name was King Tut. I named him when I was like 11. Of course, why of wouldn't course. I call him King Tut? <laughs> and when he um, passed away, my mom, the the night that, the, the sorry, the, the, was it the week after or something? Maybe it was the week after she was asleep and she saw him. This sounds nuts. She's going to be so mad at me for saying this because she's even more woo woo than I am. The dog was in a yoga position with legs crossed, perfect posture, arms out like, like this. I'm going to have to post this, um, you know, with the fingertips touching each other and like an ohm, you know, um, like total yogi. And he was ascending into heaven. And my mom, everywhere we go, we see, we, we feel Tut's energy and the dogs, it's so funny because we have three other dogs and the dogs, whenever, um, there's, there's something going on or there's some sort of stressful situation or whenever we're feeling a loneliness, the dogs will go to the corner and start barking. And, and like, I mean, right here, like not up in the sky looking at someone. Cause my friend, she, she sees people all the time, literally eye to eye and, and Pee Wee Herman, my ex-husband, he was not the biggest fan of Tut. He, he was very jealous. They were like dominant men together. Um, and he just gets so pissed off when he sees, and then Dottie gets all excited. And then Phyllis, our, our oldest who had known Tut the longest, she would get so like somber and just so, but her little nub tail would like go back and forth. But it was like almost like a sadness of like, why can't I, why can't I 
touch him. You know what I mean? Kind of a situation because she was attached to him. So it's just so interesting. And it's the times of the most vulnerability or the times where we're questioning things the most. And it just happens. And it's, and I can't explain it. But when my mom saw him ascend, she was like, okay, I know he's at peace because he was in a lot of pain um, right before he had to pass away. And it was this moment of my mom just like, she still gets so overwhelmed thinking about it because it was her, you know, her baby. She felt the most connection to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's wild that you bring up the, you know, how important animals are t- to all of us human beings, you know, because we are right. We're all energy. It's just, it's, it's so touching yeah. to me. You know, in 2019, I had a strong call to go back to Egypt. So that's when I went back was in 2019. And I, and I went there. But this is very funny because you bring up King Tut. So I know this is going to sound weird to people that ha- that are watching this, but I have I don't care I carry I don't care I carry <laughs> I keep I carry Tut fragments. So I carry King Tut fragments within me. And so what? And this is why I know that because I went back and the first time I didn't go in King Tut's tomb when I went because people scared me. They're like, oh well, there was a curse and blah 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 blah. And I was like. Fuck it. And then I was like, no. <laughs> so this time I went back and I knew that I was going to start a whole new nine year cycle. Like my whole new nine year cycle was about to start. And something was like, you have to go to Egypt for your birthday. I was there on a full moon and everything. It was amazing on the Nile full moon. I did readings on the, oh, at the top of the ship. It was amazing. So I, so I go and I go into King Tut's tomb and I finally was like, I'm going to go in. No one was in there. There wasn't anybody that bought the ticket for King Tut's tomb. And so we go in there and we walk down um, and I'm like, and I go in there and I'm like, <gasps> they didn't say his body was still in the tomb wrapped up with like with the gauze. And so I turn and I look at it and I was like, <gasps> and in the moment my body started vibrating inside this little tomb and my body started vibrating. And I was like, and I started getting super emotional and I was just like, and I got so emotional being in there and I was like, oh my God. And I was like his, his little body. And I was just looking at his little body and I was yeah. like, and I, and I just couldn't believe no one was in there. And so um, we got out and I um, stood outside the entrance of the tomb and I was vibrating. I was shaking. I was like, vibrating so something reactivated me in that time with king tut and i was trying and then i got the download it was like you carry the fragments of king tut which is why you're doing the things you're doing here and what's taking place i'm gonna start crying i just can't handle this (laughs) it's so it's because you can feel that energy yeah and so when and that's also going to say back when you feel those things when you're in those connections look deeper and ask Instead of just feeling, go, why do I feel that way? And then listen and listen to your heart and feel it. Because as you Mm -hmm. were telling me the other stories, I was like, oh, she carries the fragments of. That's why you got super emotional. That's why Mm -hmm. you were connected because you actually carry those fragments because you're still carrying the clean energy. And that's why you do what you're doing here as turned into a reading. That's why you're doing what you're doing here right now, because (laughs) you are that leader. You are that queen energy and that's reactivating within you. And the more that you can embody that you were them, you're going to step into your full power Mm -hmm. and the magnetism of that reintegration of your energy is going to be absolutely endless 
and and you'll see everything open up and then you'll attract more and more. We we need to do a past life regression on you to see what Oh my gosh, comes I forward. am so excited. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, we need to do I that. am so I am so ready. This has just been such an overwhelming episode for me because I I just feel like first of all this could go on for like 10 hours. <laughs> Secondly, I feel such a connection to you and I can't even express to you. I remember the moment where you said something on the Zoom about Egypt and I was like, Bleh? Like, and I just remember going, I have to tell him this in person when we're alone because there's a whole story behind it. And he's not, you know, he's not going to believe me, but I knew he was going <laughs> to believe me and all of this stuff. So this was amazing. I think that not only have you shared such a, a, a an intimate part of yourself, but you have shared to others, um, for everyone listening right now, how important it is to truly, when you feel those moments, take that step pause, really listen to yourself, ask the question, because you're right. The answer is within inside you. And I think that that's what makes you so special and you unique, Derek, because you're not over there trying to be like, you have to do A, B, and C for this to work, blah, 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 blah. No, you are just letting everyone know I'm not here to be, you know, your, your person that's going to fix the world. I'm just here to guide you and teach you that it's inside of you. And I think that that's very important for people to hear that it's a, a very, um, you, you're a selfless being. Um, and I think that that's very rare, um, in this world in general, and, and it resonates just hearing your voice, um, helping those who are really lost and at a stage of, of, um, uh, the unknown and you just let them know, Hey, there's powers here, you know, just, take it and rise. So I just, I'm so blessed that you came on the show. I have to ask you the question I ask everybody, Derek, what is your emotional support? I want to say meditation is my emotional support because it allows me to be with myself and to accept myself and love myself and allow the loving in. But when I say meditation, that can be um, in the form of going into nature or seeing the ocean or exercising, whatever a meditative flow is for, for somebody. It's that space that says, I'm taking care of me. I love me. And it allows stillness. Mm -hmm. Because in that stillness, that's where we get that emotional support. And I think it truly does come from us first. So that way we can attract it in all other directions and do it for others. It's all about energy and exchange. And it first starts with the portal that begins with us. Oh my God. Well, I love you so much. And I'm so happy this happened. I'm so excited. And I'm ready to go see my past life. I'm so happy. <laughs> emotional support.